The Autobiography of Madame Guion by G. Guion, Volume 2, Chapter 18. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. After these adventures and others, which it will be tissues to recite, I arrived at Versailles. I went to the inn where I was badly received. I sent for Father Lacombe, whom I thought had been already apprised of my coming by the ecclesiastic whom I had sent before and who would be of so much service to me. This ecclesiastic was only a little while arrived. How much better on the road should I have been fared if I had him with me, for in that country they look upon ladies accompanied with ecclesiastics with veneration as persons of honor and piety. Father Lacombe came in a strange fret at my arrival, God so permitting it. He said, that every one would think I was come after him, and that would injure his reputation, which in that country was very high. I had no less pain to go. It was necessity only which had obliged me to submit to such disagreeable task. The father received me with coolness, and in such a manner as let me sufficiently see his sentiments, and indeed redoubled my pain. I asked him if he required me to return, adding, if he did, I will go off that moment. However oppressed and spent, both with fatigues and fastings, he said that he did not know how the bishop of Versailles would take my arrival after he had given over all his expectations of it, and after I had so long and so obstinately refused the obliging offers he had made me, since which he no longer expressed any desire to see me. It seemed to me then as if I were rejected from the face of the earth, without being able to find any refuge and as if all creatures were combined to crush me, I passed that night without sleep, not knowing what course I should be obliged to take, being persecuted by my enemies, and a subject of disgrace to my friends. When it was known at the inn that I was one of Father Lacombe's acquaintance, they treated me with greatest respect and kindness. They esteemed him as a saint. The father knew not how to tell the bishop of my arrival, and I felt his pain more than my own. As soon as that prelate knew that I was arrived, he sent his niece who took me in her coach and carried me to her house. These things were only done out of ceremony, and the bishop, not having seen me yet, knew not what to think of a journey so very unexpected, after I had thrice refused, 
though he sent expresses on purpose to bring me to him. He was out of humor with me. Nevertheless, as he was informed that my design was not to stay at Brazil, but to go to the marchioness of Prunay's house, he gave orders for me to be well treated. He could not see me till Easter Sunday was over. He officiated all the eve and all that day. After it was over, he came in a chaise to his nicest house to see me. Though he understood French hardly any better than I did Italian, he was very well satisfied with the conversation he had with me. He appeared to have as much favor for me as he had indifference before. He conceived as strong a friendship for me as if I had been his sister and his only pleasure. Amid his continual occupations, was to come and pass half an hour with me in speaking of God. He wrote to the bishop of Marseilles to thank him for having protected me in the persecutions there. He wrote to the bishop of Grenoble. He omitted nothing to manifest his regard for me. He now seemed to think alone of finding out means to detain me in his diocese. He will not hear of my going to see the marchioness of Prunay. On the contrary, he wrote to her to come and settle with me in his diocese. He sent Father Lacombe to her on purpose to exhort him to come, assuring her that he will unite us all to make a congregation. The marchioness entered into it readily, and so did her daughter. They would have come with Father Lacombe, but the marchioness was sick. The bishop was active and earnest in collecting and establishing a society of us, and found several pious persons and some very devout young ladies who were all ready to come to join us. But it was not the will of God to fix me thus, but to crucify me yet more. The fatigue of traveling made me sick. The girl also, whom I brought from Grenoble, fell sick. Her relations who were covetous took it in their heads that if she should die in my service, I would get her to make a will in my favor. They were much mistaken. Far from desiring the property of others, I had given up my own. Her brother, full of this apprehension, came with all speed. The first thing he spoke to her about, although he found her recovered, was to make a will. That made a great noise in Versailles. He wanted her to return with him, but she refused. I advised her to do what her brother desired. He contracted a friendship with some of the officers of the garrison, to whom he told ridiculous stories, as that I wanted to use his sister badly. He pretended she was a person of quality. 
they gave out what I was still afraid of, that I was come after Father Lacombe. They even persecuted him on my account. The bishop was much troubled, but could not remedy it. The friendship he had for me increased every day, because, as he loved God, so he did all those whom he thought desired to love God. As he saw me so much indisposed, he came to see me with assiduity and charity, when at leisure from his occupations. He made me little presents of fruits and other things. His relations were jealous. They said that I was come to ruin him, and to carry off his money into France, which was farthest from my thoughts. The bishop patiently bore these affronts, hoping still to keep me in his diocese when I should be recovered. Father Lacombe was the bishop's prepend and his confessor. The bishop esteemed him highly. God made use of him to convert several of the officers and soldiers who, from being men of scandalous lives, became patterns of piety. In that place everything was mixed with crosses, but souls were gained to God. There were some of the friars who, after his example, were advancing toward perfection. Though I neither understood their language nor they mine, the Lord made us understand each other in what concerned his service. The rector of Jesuits took his time when Father Lacombe was gone out of town to prove me, as he said, he had studied theological matters which I did not understand. He propounded several questions. The Lord inspired me to answer him in such a manner that he went away both surprised and satisfied. He could not forbear speaking of it. The Barnabites of Paris, or Father Lamanth, took it in head to try to draw Father Lacombe to go and preach at Paris. He wrote to the Father General about it, because they had no one at Paris to support the house, that their church was deserted, that it was a pity to leave such a man as Father Lacombe in a place where he only corrupted his language. It was necessary to make his fine talents appear at Paris, where he himself could not bear the burden of the house, if they did not give him an assistant of such qualifications and experience. Who would not have thought of this to be sincere? The Bishop of Versil, who was very much a friend of Father General, having advised thereof, opposed it, and answered that it would be doing him the greatest injury to take from him a man who was so exceedingly useful to him, and at a time when he had 
the greatest need of him. The Father General of the Barnabites could not agree to the request of Father Lamont for fear of offending the Bishop of Versailles. As to me, my indisposition increased. The air, which is there extremely bad, caused me a continual cough with frequent returns of favor. I grew so much worse that it was thought I could not get over it. The bishop was afflicted to see it, but having consulted the physicians, they assured him that the air of that place was mortal to me. Whereupon he said to me, I had rather have you live, though distant from me, than see you die here. He gave up his design of establishing his congregation, for my friend will not settle there without me. The Genoese lady could not easily leave her own city where she was respected. The Genoese besought her to set up there what the bishop of Versailles had wanted her to set up. It was a congregation almost like that of Madame de Miraminen. When the bishop had first proposed this, however agreeable it appeared, I had a presentiment that it would not succeed that it was not what our Lord required of me, though I submissively yield to the good proposal, were it only to acknowledge the many special favors of this prelate. I was assured that the Lord will know well how to prevent what he should now require of me. As this good prelate so he must resign himself to let me go, he said to me, You were willing to be in the diocese of Geneva, and there they persecuted and reject you. I, who will gladly have you, cannot keep you. He wrote to Father Lamont that I should go in the spring, as soon as the weather would permit. He was sorry to be obliged to let me go, yet he still hoped to have kept Father Lacombe, which probably might have been, had not the death of the Father General given it another turn. Here it was that I wrote upon the Apocalypse, and that there was given me a greater certainty of all the persecutions of the most faithful servants of God, here also I was strongly moved to write to Madame Dichet. I did it with great simplicity, and what I wrote was like the first foundation of what the law required of her, having been pleased to make use of me to help to bring her into his ways, being one to whom I am much united, and by her to others. The bishop of Versailles' friend, the father-general of the Barnabites, departed this life. As soon as he was dead, Father Lamont wrote to the vicar-general, who now held his place, till another should be elected. 
renewing his request to Father Lacombe as an assistant. The father, hearing that I was obliged on account of my indisposition to return into France, sent an order to Father Lacombe to return to Paris and to accompany me in my journey, as his doing that will exempt the house at Paris already poor from the expenses of so long a journey. Father Lacombe, who did not penetrate the poison under this fair outside, consented thereto. Knowing it was my custom to have some ecclesiastic with me in traveling, Father Lacombe went off twelve days before me in order to transcend some business and to wait for me at the passage over the mountains as the place where I had most need of an escort. I set off in land, the weather then being fine. It was a sorrowful parting to the bishop. I pitied him. He was so much affected at losing both Father Lacombe and me. He caused me to be attended at his own expense as far as Turin, giving me a gentleman and one of his ecclesiastics to accompany me. As soon as the resolution was taken that Father Lacombe should accompany me, Father Lamont reported everywhere that he had been obliged to do it to make him return into France. He expatiated on the attachment I had for Father Lacombe, pretending to pity me. Upon this, everyone said that I ought to put myself under the direction of Father Lamont. In the meantime, he deceitfully palliated the malignity of his heart, writing letters full of esteem to Father Lacombe and some to me of tenderness, desiring him to bring his dear sister and to serve her in her infirmities and in the hardships of so long a journey that he should be sensibly obliged to him for his care with many other things of the like nature i could not resolve to depart without going to see my good friend the marchioness of prunay notwithstanding the difficulty of the roads i caused myself to be carried it being scarcely possible to go otherwise on account of the mountains she was extremely joyful at seeing me arrive nothing could be more cordial than what passed between us it was then that she acknowledged that all i had told her had come to pass a good ecclesiastic who lives with her told me the same we made ointments and plasters together and i gave her the secret of my remedies i encouraged her so did father lacombe to establish a hospital in that place which was done while we were there i contributed my might to it which has ever been blessed to all the hospitals which had ever been established in reliance on providence i believe i had forgotten to tell that the lord had made use of me to establish one near grenoble 
which subsists without any other fund than the supplies of providence my enemies made use of that afterward to slander me saying that i had wasted my children's substance in establishing hospitals though far from spending any of their substance i had even given them my own all those hospitals have been established only on the fund of divine providence which is inexhaustible but so it has been ordered for my good that all our lord has made me to do his glory has ever been turned into crosses for me as soon as it was determined that i should come into france the lord made known to me that it was to have greater crosses than i ever had father lacombe had the like sense he encouraged me to resign myself to the divine will to become a victim offered freely to new sacrifices he also wrote to me will it not be a thing very glorious to god if he should make us serve in that great city for a spectacle to angels and to men i set off then with a spirit of sacrifice to offer myself up to new kinds of punishments if pleasing to my dear lord all along the road something within me repeated the very words of saint paul i go bound in the spirit unto jerusalem not knowing the things should befall me there save that the holy ghost witness saying that bonds and afflictions abide me but none of these things move me neither count i my life dear unto myself so that i might finish my course with joy acts twenty verse twenty two twenty three and twenty four i could not forbear to testify to it to my intimate friends who try hard to prevail on me to stop and not to proceed they were all willing to contribute a share of what they had for my settlement there and to prevent my coming to paris but i found it my duty to hold on my way and to sacrifice myself for him who first sacrificed himself for me chambery we saw father lamont who was going to the election of a father general though he affected an appearance of friendship it was not difficult to discover that his thoughts were different from his words and that he had conceived dark designs against us i speak not of his intentions but to obey the command given me to omit nothing i shall necessarily be obliged often to speak of him i could wish with all my heart it were in my power to suppress what i have to say of him if what he has done respected only myself i would willingly bury all but i think i owe it to the truth and to the innocence of father lacombe so cruelly oppressed and grievously crushed 
so long by wicked calumnies, by an imprisonment of several years, which in all probability would last as long as life. Though Father Lamont may appear heavily charged in what I say of him, I protest solemnly and in the presence of God that I pass over in silence many of his bad actions. End of chapter 18 Athens, Greece, June of 2009